it's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talkin' Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. All righty, everyone. Welcome back to our agriculture conversations that we have here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. It's been quite the weather event in Houston, Texas, for the 2022 Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show. Uh, it's been raining. The sun came out for a little bit, and uh, I didn't get to go outside because we're at a convention. Uh, but uh, joining us uh, here today is Mark McCauley, CEO of the American Angus Association, and the, the Angus crew is down here in full force talking with producers. And, uh, Mark, uh, welcome to the conversation. Uh, h- how's uh, the, the trade show going here for you? Well, great to be here, Lane. Thanks. Uh, it's going good. You know, this is always just a great time to get together as, you know, and of course, COVID has, has kind of kept us all distanced here over the last few years. And I would say this is really kind of the first time, you know, la- you know, in August, obviously we were together, but uh, still somewhat of a, of a, you know, not in full force, I guess. And, and back on the regular schedule, a great crowd, great turnout, traffic at the booth and through the trade show at all the, all the meetings, all the sessions has been really, really good. So obviously everyone gathered in Fort Worth a few months back for the annual meeting. Uh, what, what is the state of the industry since everyone was, la- everyone was last able to get together there uh, also in Texas? Yeah, no, in, in Fort Worth, we got together as the American Angus Association. We had our Angus convention there and then did the business of our uh, of our association where we pull our delegates together. You know, since then, uh, you know, I think there was a, a strong sense of optimism starting at the at that time. I You know, you felt it as you talked to cattlemen. Of course, the realities of, of drought and, and inflation and all those things are, are always uh, uh, always top of mind with our with our producers, with our members. But, uh, you know, the, the pretty strong sense of optimism about the market and where things things were headed and probably hoping we're on the tail end of, of COVID to some degree here, you know, and, and I'd say that's just ramped up. Uh, I would I would characterize it that way. I think there's more optimism. I mean, if you're in the market reports this morning, uh, there was an awful lot of optimism in there about where we're going in terms of price levels, in terms of demand, in terms of uh, freeing up some uh, packing capacity to, to get through our inventory, you know, uh, and so just uh, optimistic, I think is how I would characteristic, characterize it. And, and, you know, when you look at, uh, especially where I come from in the West and in, in, in Western Ag Network country, where our radio uh, coverage is from Montana all the way down to New Mexico, uh, the drought has had an impact. But there's also places where there's plenty of grass, which is a benefit for guys up in Montana, the Dakotas, and, and uh, parts of Wyoming that were just drought stricken. And, uh, you know, we saw that very bullish report come out from Cattle Facts, you know, the forecast of a five and a half weight steer this year, averaging two and a nickel. Yeah. Uh, that brings a lot of optimism, but it truly, uh, there, there was more optimism last fall when we saw our, uh, our purebred Angus uh, bull sales going. And uh, again, great clients that we have out in the countryside advertising those bull sales, reminding people about those sale dates. And guys were a little, uh, oh gosh darn, we don't, we're, we're kind of a little hesitant, but those bull sale averages were so strong and steady, that optimism was there last fall. Yeah, it was, and and I think we've even seen it continue. On. We're kind of, I'd say, we're early, early kind of yeah. really early here in the bull sale season. But you know, the ones we've seen uh, here just in the last month, uh, you know, for us, we kind of the National Western Stock Show and the Oklahoma City the Cattlemen's Congress. Uh, you know, there's some, some sales and events at those, and and that typically gives you a pretty good kind of again a read on the pulse of of that optimism and what the price levels are going to be. We saw a really strong. We had a national bull sale down at uh, down at Oklahoma City that. Uh, 
top to bottom, kind of, you know, different pedigrees, different kind of genetic profiles, all selling really well. I think some of these early sales we've seen really, really strong demand for registered Angus bulls. And, and again, folks are realizing the, the, the value of those genetics and the, uh, the, the, that return on investment for that genetic investment that they're making. And what are you hearing from producers in the countryside, Mark, that, uh, you know, especially the guys going through drought in our key listening region, what, what, are, what are you hearing from them? What, what, are, what are their concerns? What are their maybe uh, more, more optimistic tone on certain aspects of this? What, what are you hearing on the ground? Yeah, you know, and I'm sure there's there's listeners here that are saying, you know, what are you talking about optimism? Yeah. You know, I've had to liquidate at a, at a high high level, cut way deeper in my cow herd than I wanted to just to just to get through the winter. So, I, boy, we're sure sure empathetic of that and understand we, we do have producers that that have had to deal with some really really tough decisions of how they get through the drought. But you know, I I, I always continue to be energized by our our producers. They're uh, they're pretty resilient, you know, and so they still find that optimism and and uh, and say you know what it's going to rain and uh, when it rains we're going to build back better than ever you know and we're going to you know typically when we go through these things we uh, you know you cut a little deeper in the cow herd but when you come out the other side you've got the freshest best genetics in your cow herd that you've probably ever had and we saw that through the big drought that we had back in the Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas region years ago. I think it's it's in to to some degree and maybe a high degree why we see our our quality grade in our overall industry as high as it is today. Is boy we called pretty deep and uh, refreshed our genetics uh, with the best uh, uh, most uh, again newest most modern genetics that our industry has seen. And so I think we we probably see and hear that uh, at the at the ground level of folks dealing with things. There obviously it's it's about getting through the situation they're in now, but then looking forward and saying what does this mean in terms of their business model how are they going to build back and how are they going to build back better yep and obviously down here at the convention there's cattle producers from all over the nation here and stopping by the booth engaging with all different aspects of the angus breed uh, uh, here in houston but what 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 are some of those uh key items that folks are, are maybe asking you or maybe that you're talking about yeah, there's you know always always some hot topics. Uh, obviously, the market is always one. Uh, uh, you know, price discovery and and that 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 uh, you know that how, how does how do we get the producers a higher percentage of that retail dollar? You know, and 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 those discussions are always always prominent when we come together, especially at an event like this where there's policy and and things like that being formed. Um, you know, I think they also uh, in 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 our world they want to understand. We we do have certified Angus beef and have a pretty good pulse on what the demands looks like so I think that's always uh, we get into conversations about what's the demand uh, what's that look like how is food service recovering what does retail look like uh, are they holding strong from all the ground they covered and when we went through COVID what's our international markets look like you know so so definitely d- discussions on on those regards uh, you know and you and you walk through the trade show lots of new technologies and innovations this is obviously a place where a lot of a lot of uh, uh, allied industry partners want to roll out their new products and so there'll be uh, you know new technologies new innovations uh, those things are always top of mind with producers but as as you mentioned uh, it, it is tough though when when we are seeing drought uh, making difficult decisions out on the operations and expenses are always on the top of uh, producers minds and um, I, I know you guys have had a lot of great educational sessions at the booth and I, I just get a chuckle of when, when, when you think about g- generic versus name brand I always think of when my mom would go to the grocery store and buy the that uh, the generic Lucky Charms, yeah, and I wanted the real Lucky. You, you Charms. knew the difference. There's a difference yeah. there, and uh, you know when we look at that though, and, and again, I'm being 
trying to be funny with that, folks. Don't take that. Don't don't, don't get <laughs> don't go to the to my mom saying, "Oh, I'm tattling online." I disagree with what he's saying there, but. Really, when, when we invest in quality, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to pay off. We, we all know that. So what, what are some of the conversations that you're looking, especially as producers are really weighing those input costs, um, How, especially from a commercial producer perspective on that? Why, why are folks still coming back to uh, the Angus breed? Yeah, I, I think, you know, you talk about that generic, and I think if you look at our industry, I think there's been a, a pretty uh, a significant paradigm shifting over the last years from, from moving from a more of a commodity industry to a, a consumer-driven to a quality-based industry. And as we've done that, brands have become more important. Uh, you know, I think today, as to give some examples, as we work with commercial producers, you know, uh, as, a, as an association, really working with them to to help them. They're, they're making an investment in registered Angus genetics and 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 putting better genetics in their calf crop but you know we we still operate in somewhat of a commodity based marketing system and and so that information of that better product when those producers are selling feeder calves doesn't always get communicated to the buyer and that was the whole premise behind uh, the association starting our program of Angus link mm-hmm. it's really around documenting and validating the genetics that are in that calf crop and then giving those producers a mechanism to say hey I've got a better product here it's verified through these pvp systems it's actually got some objective measures we put genetic merit scores on these groups of feeder cattle and then we help them get that information on to the the buyer whether that be directly to a feeder or a broker that's buying those cattle and so that's a program i think that we're offering to to, again maintain relevance and stay relevant because it is a changing marketplace and uh and and so yeah in a separate it's not registered though that and that's what i think folks need to understand though too yep it's a little bit easier on that side when uh but it is the angus genetics it is and you know and to that point we've you know i say we've we've done a a pretty solid job over the years here of driving value for angus you know and the breed of angus and i think you know today in reality we've got a a lot of, of bulls out there that may look to be an angus bull but they don't have they're not registered with the american angus association they don't have the uh, predictability that comes with a registered Angus bull that has the 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 the, the millions and millions of data points behind uh, the, the 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 genetic predictions that we the EPDs that we put on those bulls they don't come with the uh, the the pedigree the 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 traced ancestors to know where you know exactly what you're getting it doesn't come with those programs that we talk about like Angus Link where you need to be out of registered and transferred Angus bulls mm-hmm. and so one of the initiatives we've had we talk about. Uh, powered by Angus and and really have come up with an, an actually a logo and an, and a a program that our registered Angus breeders can actually use that logo right on those registered Angus bulls to again help communicate the difference between a registered Angus bull and just any old black bull that they might see running out there for sale. So when, when we look at that whether I'm with my dad or my father-in-law and we're heading to a sale we're, we're always looking in the catalogs and circling, you know, that, that'd be a good heifer bull, that'd be a good herd bull there. And, and obviously getting on the ground is a big part of what we do, too, on top of looking at uh, the actual numbers. And, but it's always, we always have our budget. Sure. And it's, uh, it's hard as the young guy that also talks in communications for a living. And, and yeah, that's my main income. But uh, so many other producers, when we got that, uh, you know, there's days I'm like, oh, we can go an extra $500 on that. But that's one thing I've had to learn. 
being mentored by my dad and my father. And I was like, when you got a budget, you have a budget. So h- how does a cattle producer... Uh, really figure how much he can spend on a bull when we are in these situations and when we're looking at the quality but also looking at the sustainability of their budget. Sure. No, and it is, and it's that wrestling match that we all have to do and, and, and look at what uh, what what do we – and first I was probably starting doing some math and, and thinking about what are my breeding objectives. What is What does this bull need to get done for me, and how long am I going to live with the decisions of this bull to uh, you know, purchase, right? Am I, am I retaining heifers back? Um, Am I and 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 am I marketing uh, feeder cattle, or am I maintaining ownership of those calves all the way through the uh, uh, through to a feedlot and, and selling them on a quality-based grid? And I think that helps kind of define what our breeding objectives are. I, I'll be honest; I see at times some some folks trying to find, buy a caliber of bull that maybe a, a bull stud needs that that does so many things uh, in an elite level. When in reality, it's probably more bull than what they really need for their operation. They can find genetics and you know that's the power of of uh, the the registered angus breed today we've got so many tools in the toolbox as we say we have so many breeders out there of different sizes that have different breeding philosophies that you could find the genetics that you need to meet your breeding objectives and and hopefully get that to fit in your budget um, you know at the same time we i just saw some math here and i don't have it in, and I, I, I i won't try to rough it out but you know it's amazing when you start looking at you you mentioned five hundred dollars more when you start taking that five hundred dollars more now I sound like a salesman trying to get you to pay more for your bull, right? But, you know, you take that $500 and you say, because I had a guy just the other day, he said he, he's he got a guy come to him. He just sold his, his four-year-old, five-year-old bull, whatever. They sent him to market, and, and uh, he'd worked great for him. Now he wants to replace him for what he got on the salvage value of, of his old bull, you know. So for that guy, you probably have to sit down and say, you know, look at this investment that you're making in genetics. Look how, yes, uh, you know, 4,000, 6,000, 8,000, wherever you think you need to be. When you really spread that out across the number of cows that you're breeding, the number of years you want to use them, and the true impact those genetics are going to have in your outfit, you know, sometimes that could, you know, those, that extra 500, extra 1,000 is, is the best money you could possibly spend. Well, sustainability is a, a top word in uh, in the ag industry right now, really driven by consumers and also lawmakers yes. and decision makers. That sustainability is just one of those, those uh, it, it's the it word right now. We always have one of those it words that comes through, but it still seems that we are doing our job of, of telling our story, but there's still so much more that we can do. So when we're looking at, uh, at, at proven genetics and utilizing the Angus breed, how, how do we factor in sustainability? and having sustainable cattle, sustainable resources, and profitability as a part of sustainability. Yeah, you, you know, and you're right. First off, I think sometimes we have to step back, and when somebody says sustainability, what are we even talking mm-hmm. about, right? And, um, but I think when you start breaking that, that topic down and, and really look at its different pillars, I mean, you, you're right. First off, we, as producers, we understand this thing has to be economically viable, right, economically sustainable. So so our, our income has to, to offset our costs. Costs. And so we have to look at all our production efficiencies and all our economically relevant traits and what we're doing. I, I do think genetics have have a should be playing a much much bigger part of the discussion around sustainability uh, than probably what it is today. And I, I, I would predict that in the future, we're going to be talking more about cattle that are genetically, uh, uh, you know, 
advanced genetically. And I mean, we, gosh, we've been really doing this for a long time. We want cattle to grow fast and efficiently. Well, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, you know, a utilization of resources in an effective way, right? So that's, but maybe we just need to start talking about some of our genetic measures that we already have in a little different way. We talk about calving ease, right? We all understand the value of calving ease in terms of, of just the pure labor, getting that live calf, that calf that gets up and gets going and nurses and gets its colostrum and off it goes. You know, but we don't talk about the, the animal care elements of, of the, the advancements in, in the, that we've made in, in calving ease. And there's a great story, and yet one we've just probably not, uh, we've, you know, in, in typical agriculture, right? We, we just produce, we produce efficiently. We put our head down and we do our job and, and, and try not to, you know, pat ourselves on the back too often. But this is a case, in my opinion, where we've got a stage set for us to talk about some of these things in a really, really proactive way and, and win at a game that's been put in front of us. So what, what are some of those other key objectives we have in 2022 for the breed and the, and the various aspects of the Angus business? Yeah, I think, you know, we touched on a couple of them. We're, we're con- going to continue to drive the value of that registration paper and the information that's on it. I mean, I think today, as I, 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 I talk about tools in the toolbox, and that as an Angus breed, something that our, our leadership has really focused on, not to tell anybody how to breed cattle, but rather to provide the most comprehensive uh, set of tools for you as a breeder and, or a commercial operator to take your program in the direction you need to take it. If that's improved calving ease, if that's improved growth, if that's improved carcass merit, if that's to moderate cow size, whatever you need to do, we've got tools that are designed to do that. And they're backed by a lot of power and they're backed by a lot of accuracy and you can use them with a lot of confidence and so that's our that's our cornerstone we'll continue to to drive that and 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 put emphasis and research you know we're it's it's a it's a new world there's always new traits to be looking at we've i i I say we've done a lot of the the easy stuff the low-hanging fruit weight carcass still those highly heritable easy to measure stuff you know but we're looking about health we're looking about disease resistance we're looking at uh, you know how to cattle adapt to certain environments whether that's through hair shedding and or high altitudes right so those are things we're going to always continue of how do we continue to make the angus breed best and and make it most adaptable to uh, to the different environments that we know cattle are being raised in. And then how do how do we help uh, producers uh, you know capture that value? That's the the. the the purpose of Angus Link is really to put a tool in commercial producers' hands that are using registered Angus genetics in their cow herd to document the value of those cattle, help them get that uh, communicated in their in their feeder calf program. And, you know, and, and then education is a pillar. Uh, you know, we know this world and this business has gotten more technical than it's ever been. And so we want to be a resource. We want to be there as a resource to both our breeders and to our commercial producers to look to Angus uh, to uh, help them answer the questions and solve the problems that they have and then of course on the we're, we're fortunate in that we've uh, have the certified angus beef brand that was started back in the late 70s with uh, this idea of well, let's focus on producing a great eating experience to the consumer and it'll pull through demand for our cattle mm-hmm. and so we're fortunate to be in the position we're at there we're going to continue to drive demand for high quality angus beef uh, and, and again do that uh, in a way that we're able to also communicate uh, the production story and the great sustainability story uh, that our producers are out there representing every day and and we're really proud to have the brand as a vehicle to do that with now there could be someone sitting at home that has uh, those angus genetics in their commercial herd 
and they're thinking, oh, this is just one more step, yeah. one more thing. What is the process to actually participate in Angus, Angus Link and also have that opportunity to market with that brand? Yeah, you know, for Angus Link itself, is you know the the process is not uh, all that difficult. And we talk to a lot of producers. They're 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 keep they have a calving book, right? They're they're tagging their calves. They're doing some of those things that honestly are just pretty pretty foundational to the program. And then it's really just a process. And we we're so fortunate. We've got a, a team that are, are folks that know cattle. They've been around cattlemen, uh, and so you can call them up and they will walk you through the process. And they will they will be there, especially for that first time when you're going through an enrollment. We've got some resources out on our angus.org website. If you go to Angus Link, there's some videos that kind of walk you through that process. But there is an enrollment process that they go and we capture a lot of that uh, information and kind of depends on how deep you want to go. We offer several different process verified programs. So if you're trying to be all natural or non-hormone treated cattle in HTC or some of the other claims that, you know, of course there comes to be just there's a little bit more that goes with that. Uh, Then there's some um, again, for a first-time uh, enrollee, there is a, an, an uh, you know, it's called an audit, and, and we try to avoid that term because that's kind of a scary term. It's a herd visit, and we yeah. have somebody that will come out, and and, uh, and and I know a lot of producers, they really look forward to that. It's somebody that will come out and visit with them, and, and uh, they get to kind of show them around and go look at cows together. And these are cattle people, right? Mm-hmm. These aren't people that are looking for you doing anything wrong. It's just <laughs> helping you document the good stuff that you're already doing. On the certified Angus beef side, just for that, uh, you know, that that one uh, is is and you know, I was at certified Angus beef for about 19 years before I mm-hmm. came over to the the association, the parent company side, and we used to get producers calling all the time. Is I want to join the program. I want to join the program. It's like you're in the program. If you're producing Angus cattle, when those cattle go in, if you're uh, if you want to participate directly and you're able to retain ownership on those calves all the way through the feed yard and you sell them to a, a licensed packer, which most of the packers are licensed, you're going to get those. CAB premiums back in in grid. So it's not a a direct alliance program that you join necessarily. It's more around producing those kind of cattle that the market's asking for and and, uh, and receive those dollars in, in return. And also, Mark, uh, you know, we, we always love watching the video sales to see uh, what, what cattle are selling, you know, getting that, uh, the, the, what the temperature of the market. Test the market. Yeah, yeah. seeing yeah. what it's going on. And, you know, we do see so many of those different badges out there. You, you see uh, different programs that uh, the Angus breed can participate in. Can, can you walk us through some of those just a little bit? Yeah, there are a lot of them out there. I, 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 we joke sometimes some of those lots look like NASCAR you know, drivers, <laughs> right, with all the, the logos and things. And I think it really speaks, first off, it speaks to what the market is asking for. That's, that's asking for more, uh, more, more documentation, more verification for different claims. And I think what we see is producers that don't want to limit themselves to one particular buyer. They, but the more programs they can be a part of, the more, uh, the more of those badges, you, if, you, if you, can, uh, you can qualify for it, just opens up the uh, the opportunity for more buyers to bid on your calves so you know there's a lot of things that you'll see a lot of acronyms like nhtc that's a very popular one it means non-hormone treated cattle it was a program originally established for the european union uh, but we see that being used in a lot of other markets Um, never ever three is a is a is a you know a, a natural program on our side you'll you'll see we have angus verified and that that is a term that is uh and a claim that's made for those cattle that are 
sired by a registered and transferred Angus bull. Um, we have, uh, in, in some of the videos now, you're starting to see, for us, our genetic merit scores um, from Angus Link. And those are numbers that represent, um, we have kind of three numbers. One is a feeding value, one is a grid value, and one is a combined beef value. And those are numeric scores that a feeder can, again, get some idea of, of uh, how those cattle are going to go on and, and perform. Uh, again, you see different logos. You see a lot of times individual breeders will be up. Um, you'll have their logo on a, on a lot that uh, refers to uh, where those genetics came from. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of alphabet soup out there <laughs> when it comes to feeder calf marketing and a lot of those badges and logos to, to sort through. Now, here at the uh, NCBA Trade Show, folks are truly, they're looking for the latest technologies that uh, – that will make life out in the countryside a little bit easier, help improve their herd, uh, be more stu be more sustainable, stewards mm -hmm. of their land, of course. And obviously, uh, uh, through Angus, that there's quite a lot of uh, technology opportunities as well. What what are some of those key items that uh, the American Angus Association is focusing on developing or, or utilizing those tried and true methods? Yeah, you bet. And, and, and I think it's a combination of that. It's, it's, it's not getting away from the tried and true. And I say that a lot. It's kind of blending the, the, uh, the art of what we've known around raising good cattle with the new science that's coming at us. And I think where, for in our space, you know, some of it in, as it relates to genetic prediction and trying to predict how these cattle are going to go on and perform, uh, we rely awfully heavily today on genomics, right? And so looking at the DNA profile of that actual animal to get a far better prediction of, you know, we all have brothers and sisters. We're the same genetics, but, uh, you know, we know we don't all look alike or, or uh, act alike. And, 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 you know, cattle are the same way. They're the same genetics, but we all get a little different shake of the, of the DNA. And really, that's what genomics and allows us to do is to kind of look at an individual animal and, and get a deeper understanding of the shake they got in the, in the DNA lottery, right? And, and so with that, we use that DNA information and plug it into the pedigree information we already have and and uh, and the information the data that our breeders are turning in we put all that together and we come up with these really powerful prediction tools EPDs that breeders now can have more confidence in you know the cost of making a mistake if it's uh, you know uh, uh, you think about buying a bull right uh, the impact that bull's going to have and this just gives you more insurance genetic risk management I like to think about it you know sometimes as it relates to buying genetics or even buying feeder cattle we're trying to do more, put more tools in that regard. And the genomic space is just going to continue to advance. The, as the cost comes down, you know, and I, I'm so proud of our breeders. Angus breeders have adopted these technologies at a really, really high rate. Uh, they always have. They, we adopt artificial insemination at a high rate, uh, embryo transplant, any new technology that comes along that allows them to accelerate genetic progress. And these genomic tools uh, have been no, no, uh, no exception. And they're, they're, they're more powerful than, than they've ever been. And they, uh, for the commercial producer, it allows them to buy genetics, buy bulls that have that already baked into those EPDs. Mm -hmm. And then we have some new tools. We have a tool called GeneMax, which is a DNA tool specifically designed for commercial producers. And that is a way for them to DNA test their commercial heifers that are Angus influenced and get some also prediction model or prediction tools uh, to help them of which ones need to stay back in the herds and which ones do they need to yep. send on to town. Truly, uh, so many tools to help producers understand their herd, improve their herds, and uh, just uh, 
have more profitability uh, out in the countryside. Uh, Mark, any last thoughts? I know it's a busy day here at Cattle Convention 2022. Any last thoughts uh, that you'd just like to share with our uh, uh, audience here today? Oh, it's just it's great to be here, and it's just great to, again, I, I just, uh, uh, you know, I'm so proud to be in, in this business. It's, it's, you come to these events, and you get to work with uh, and talk to cattlemen, as you say, from all over that, uh, you know, are out there every day uh, putting in the hard work, but in the end, uh, part of a great industry that, uh, you know, we're really, really so proud to be a part of and, and able to communicate that that great story on to our ultimate consumer. Uh, it's, it's fun to see the optimism. It's not with, we're no, we know we're not without challenges. We've got well other challenges, regulatory challenges, inflation challenges, but but boy, there's an awful lot of optimism in our business, and that uh, that sure fuels me. Yep. Well, again, I'm Mark McCulley, CEO of the American Angus Association. Thanks for taking a few minutes to stop by, and uh, I tell you what, for more information, just visit American Angus Association online and follow them on all their social media platforms as well. And uh, and I may be biased, Mark, but uh, Montana is the seed stock capital of the world, and we have the I think the best Angus genetics. Uh, you have uh, an awful uh, lot of <laughs> Angus genetics in Montana. I like how you put that. But uh, and uh, maybe uh, we'll be seeing some of our friends on the um, Montana Angus tour in the fall of 2022. It's always a great time it's to great see tour. some quality genetics and maybe jump on Lane Nordland's fun bus. And uh, <laughs> uh, usually we lead the fun bus uh, around on that tour, looking at those great genetics. But, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to our audience for joining us here today for yet again another agriculture conversation on the Lanecast Ag Podcast. I'm Lane Nordland. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Lanecast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.